The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. The World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? We're men! <laughs> yes, Are you ready? We're we go. Welcome to the New General Mission Podcast on the North-South Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we are on a journey to relive the new generation era to find the best, some of the worst of a wrestling time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw, Survivor Series 92. It's Brennan Shaw, Survivor Series 97. Look beyond the pay-per-views, examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how's everything going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How, you, how about yourself? Um, pretty good. We're getting ready for this uh, big pay-per-view. Uh, you know, our second Rumble. You, I think you, you were saying this is your favorite pay-per-view. Like, uh, so really excited about tonight's show. So ready to get going. Yeah, this is – well, Survivor Series 96 is my favorite pay-per-view ever. But this one, this one definitely ranks up there. Um, as far this is my favorite so far that we've done too. So okay, got it, okay. Spoiler yeah. alert on that. But yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is like this is like the era that I'm starting to remember things as a kid. Like this is the like I I'm not I'm not like star match guy. I'm not like uh, I watch Japanese wrestling, so I'm smarter than you kind of guy. Yep. Um, so like I'm probably gonna overrate a lot of shit in this era because I just. I like nostalgic stuff, and that's just how I am. So um, I can't wait to go through a lot of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, just watching the show in general just like, brings back the feeling. So it's it's pretty cool that we're kind of, like, in the thick of things now. Yep, yep. And, and uh, you know, this is one of my favorite pay-per-views. This is the first one I ever got on uh, pay-per-view, like, watched it live. So, like, it mm-hmm. always holds a heart, heart of mine. Uh, but you know the next pay per view as well is WrestleMania ten is just an all timer for me so oh yeah uh, a fun little stretch we got coming up here so excited to get going uh, everything else good with you in in the world and right yeah here? just just had a birthday about a little over a week ago I'm feeling I'm feeling old now like, uh, you're not I, that old I'm I'm about to be really old so well you're about to be forty. About to hit the big four zero. The oh, the under- shit. Yeah, that's the that's the real old. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I mean, I, I can't. I have to say, I'm in my late thirties now, so that's like that's something. Yeah, yeah, the forties uh, tough. But go. Um, we just scheduled my wife and I the trip to Vegas, so we're ready. You know, it's it's disappointing to get to that age. I think, like, or whatever you want to say, but fortieth right. birthday in Vegas sounds pretty nice too. So yeah, yeah, no, you gotta you gotta. I mean. Like the the things that come with getting older, like you have to start taking certain things seriously. Like I've I've started like a huge diet and like workout and that kind of thing. But you also yeah. gotta do what you're doing and kind of live it up as well, you know. Yes. So. Yeah. Exactly. Spend spend the kids spend the kids money before they get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You go nope. you go in the Costanzas. Yep. No inheritance. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Bacon and yep. eggs every morning for breakfast. You're gonna yep, live forever. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, all right, well, let's get it. Let's get into the Rumble, uh, 1994 Rumble, uh, live from Providence, Rhode Island. 
uh, JT, you know, the, one of the heads of the North South connection was lucky enough to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So, you know, cool insight from him on the place to be podcast when, you know, they recovered this show. I listened to it a little bit ago back in, you know, 2011 or whatever they covered it, but you know, pretty cool insight from him from being at the show, but, uh, sold out crowd in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, we start off with missing, and my, my first note is that we missed Vince screaming down the name. So one, one of the disappointments of this Rumble and, and last year is, you know, Vince not introducing the introductions, which is, you know, an all-timer from the early Rumbles. But yeah, uh, Vince kind of announces the card. He's out there alone. And then the uh, the music hits of Million Dollar Man. So um comes out with his, his silver jacket or his uh, shiny jacket, I should say. The big money side on it. Uh, the music, for some reason, is played really loud for him. So I wonder if they were drowning out something or they're just trying to really make it loud. Uh, but big pop for him, you know, kind of coming off a surprise. They kind of mentioned that John Madden was supposed to be there. I don't know how true that was, but, right. uh, you know, maybe just a red herring or something like that. But DiBiase's out here for uh, color commentator is kind of a replacement for the king and a replacement for Bobby. So we'll, we'll get to him in a little bit as, as we get going. But uh, we get... I like this right off of the heel music comes the face music of Tonka. And like, you know, I was listening to last pod, our last podcast and you were talking about how over Tonka is, man, this guy is just over massive pop for him. Great. His music gets the pop too. Like the way it starts off. So the crowd's excited for him. He runs down there and he's fighting Bam Bam. I uh, love that they give Bam Bam an intro as well. So make him like a star as well. Not a job or entrance of in the ring. Um, they announced that Ludwig Borger is not going to fight today. It was announced on Mania of the Morning and that he's going to be replaced by Bam Bam. They kind of referenced that Bam Bam and him had a little feud going on. Um, you know, in the past, remember in the summer, we, he cut his uh, feather hairs or, or whatever it was out of his hair. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have a little feud here, so it's not just the most random people ever. Um, but so we'll get in the match, pretty short match, like an eight-minute match to get things perfect for a, a kickoff match. You know, nothing too long. Got a guy that's really over, a face that's pretty good. Uh, Bam Bam, I thought, I think both guys did this an awesome match. Like, if they had to call this on the fly, they did a great, you know, same day or whenever they planned this out, they did a great job. Um, right, right. You know, Tonka does his Hulk up during the match, and Bam Bam does, like, this awesome sidekick and then mocks him for doing it. The, the Providence crowd was go- cheering for Bam Bam with the mocking, so I, I love that kind of, like, you know, not today's Smarky fan, but definitely loving that, you know, Bam Bam has some personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, match ends when Bam Bam goes for a moonsault, um, which he, you know, a, I think it's a blind moonsault, right? He's not facing Tatakas and he and misses it. And uh, then Tatakas does the same thing. Vince is losing his mind that the top rope's a terrible idea, but then an awesome crossbody on Bam Bam. Bam Bam kind of sells it a little bit early uh, as far as when you watch yeah. the replay, yeah. but it, it looks awesome as a, a still. Uh, Vince says nothing of why Tatakas going to take the top rope. Take, get the risk, but one, two, three for Tatanka, and uh, pretty fun, awesome uh, starter match. Uh, you know, I, th- I think the perfect way to start this match, a clean finish as well, which uh, will be something that's not very common in this night, but I think a great start to the night, uh, a perfect start. Uh, this probably was not as good, it probably had more of a feud with Ludwig Borga, but probably wouldn't have been as good of a match. Right. It, it was like, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I'm just glad Ludwig Borger wasn't in this match. Like, he, there was just all the steam was off of him. I feel like this gives Bigelow a more, like, formidable opponent instead of all the goofy stuff he's been doing. Um, and then, like, one thing I noticed, and you kind of see it throughout the whole card, like, WrestleMania has been known as, like, where guys come out with, like, different gear or, like, special gear. Like, that, that was happening already. But, like, 
what I don't know if they're doing it for like all these other shows. And it seemed like a lot of guys were wearing like um different gear on this show. Like Tatanka had like the war paint on. Luna comes yep. out like in the in the all red um outfit, you know, like the, and we'll see later on more more guys look a little different. So it's pretty cool that this has like a big show feel and um most people would probably say like this like like I don't know, like the, a lot of people would say this is like the starting point of the new generation era, like it gets coined soon. I know we we kind of have a timeline of our own like and it's up to interpretation, I guess, but you just really feel like especially throughout the card um, that it's just straight new gen right now. And like, yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka are two guys that just like represent this and them kicking this show off was awesome. Like just a nice fast, pa- faster paced match with big guys. Like that's something you don't see too much. Um, and like you said, Tatanka is over like crazy. So it's just a great way to start the show. Yeah. And I'll add one thing just cause, uh, we'll get to DiBiase, I'm sure throughout this for commentary, but like their chemistry to start is terrible. Vince literally has to wake him up and says, Ted, are you going to say anything? Um, so they, they're off the bat, don't have great chemistry. Uh, I'll give my opinion on Ted as we go through the night, but it was, you could definitely tell this match from a commentary stand was a little bit flat, but I think the action kept, you know, enough things happening that you were more distracted by it. What and what does it say that they don't want to use Jr. in this spot? Like, you know, you got you stole him from WCW. He's the number one guy. Over he was there. the number one there. He, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he was know, a bum. Right, and, and every time he's like in wrestling, like at least calling matches, context, he's shown like a lot of enthusiasm. He's bought in. Like he's not, even though he probably doesn't like that style of wrestling. He he's not shitting on it. Like he you know came to be later on. But he's like yeah. really enthusiastic, and you know I know we we're gonna see him, but it's just weird that he didn't get that spot, and that someone like DiBiase does. Like, I don't know if they just wanted to play with the heel role still, like with Heenan and, and Waller gone, just continue I that. Think, I guess. I think. Well, but they they didn't do that with superstars. Like, Sam Lane doesn't yeah, that's, act that's like true. heel road, right? He doesn't really act heelish. Or I haven't noticed it. Maybe maybe I'm missing that. No. But. Right, no, he hasn't. He's more Ken doll, kind of just, yep. you know, cheesy smile or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, it, it was just weird. I, I know um, people laud, laud DiBiase for this. I'm not feeling it so far either, though. So, um, from there, we're going to get, like, a quick recap of the Brett and Owen story, like, going back to Survivor Series, going through December, like, them reconciling and kind of, uh, you know, Brett dedicating himself to being a tag team wrestler. And Owen kind of like really thriving and, you know, waiting for this opportunity. So you kind of get that build again just to kind of remind you like, hey, um, you know, this has been like a little plot line going through. Quebecers are the champs again. Um, so we got Brett and Owen versus the Quebecers. And the Quebecers come out first, which is kind of interesting because they're, the, they're the champs. So like, you know, anytime I see that, especially on a big pay-per-view, it's just kind of weird. But I guess I get it because, you know, Brett's like a former world champ kind of thing. I don't know if that like supersedes it, but um just weird for that. Uh yep. Brett's Brett's tights are a fire here. Oh my god, like the black the the black tights on the bottom with the pink and then the, the paint splatter. Uh, I really I, I know I don't a lot of people don't like the paint splatter look on Brett, but to me it's I do. one of my favorite. Yep. I love it. Like but yeah I, I just got like the ultimate figure with that look like from I think WrestleMania ten that has that. Um yeah, I, I love it. So it's just a little note there, because just in case later on. Um, 
And then I I really love the pacing in this match to start with. Like it's really fast paced. Like you know all these guys, they're all Canada guys. They probably have wrestled before. You know, probably ran into each other somewhere down the line. Um, but it's just really fast paced. Like I, I just love it. So like they're really working at a quick pace to start first minute or two, and then all of a sudden the Quebecers stall, which I love when wrestlers do that because it's like play the heel role, play the like you know like today's wrestling. I'm not gonna go too far on a tangent, but like a lot of the heels are very athletic wrestlers, and they're you know uh, like say Seth Rollins, right? He's a heel, and he's a great athlete. He, gets, he does all these spots and everything, but he doesn't wrestle like a heel. He doesn't stall he doesn't like you know like piss the crowd off make them not right. want to see your moves so I, I love when like just when the pace is getting really good i love that the quebecers did that so um you know just just playing into a heel role owen gets in and he's like a house of fire when he finally gets in like i feel like he knows like this is his push and he's like taking advantage of it yeah and you know a year ago look where he was at you know he was in the suspenders and you know, and, and, you know, Coco beware and he's not doing anything. So now he's just really thriving. So he's getting going crazy. Um, it gets a little hectic with all the guys in the ring. So like you're seeing like a little bit of a brawl and, uh, finally Brett like goes to, um, whip off the ropes and Polo like pulls the ropes open and Brett like takes a nasty dive out to the outside and kind of this where it plays into his injury of like hurting his knee or his leg. And, uh, the Quebecers start to take over as like Owen, Owen's trying to like tend to Brett continuously, which is also a great touch because it shows, like, it makes you think, okay, maybe he's not heelish. You know, he's, he cares about Brett. Like, even though this is his opportunity, he's still like, he's not trying to be the hero right now. Like he's, um, out there trying to, you know, he's worried about Brett. He's kind of like, you know, what's going on, but he's also trying to fight the mess at the same time. So. Good little, good little touch there. Um, and then the Quebecers, like, they start to finally take over when that happens. And then you get back in the ring and Brett tries, uh, like, he tries to get in, involved, like, tries to fight through it and he tries to get the sharpshooter on, but he falls over. So it's like, legs not strong enough. And the officials end the match, um, guessing due to injury. He didn't really say, but I guess you can, right? Like, they don't really give a, a, a definitive answer, but I'm assuming, but that's it's there's no really precedent to that, right? So like I really loved how this match was going and I love what we're about to get to. But this little hiccup, you know, why they ended it out of nowhere or like it should have been more done um to them. Like why didn't they end it when he fell out of the ring and he was hurt? Yeah. Like, if he forgot end it to injury, you know? So um Owen starts shouting at Brett, like, you know, he's saying that like, why are you trying to be a hero kind of thing, you could have tagged me. Um he's pretty pissed off that you know, he didn't get to him. Um, but then Brett finally, like, starts struggling to his feet. You know, and Owen's kind of looking at him. And, and we get the infamous, uh, you know, karate kid. Owen sweeps the leg. So <laughs> it's, yep. uh, oh, he is just, and, and Owen's, like, just looking at him in this moment. He is so overcome with frustration. And you feel it. Like, you feel like, it's like, is he right? Because he was out there trying to tend to Brett. He was doing the right thing. Brett kind of was trying to be the hero. Like, he kind of was, you know, trying to take being the driver's seat here. And Owen, like, Owen showed early in the match. That's why I mentioned that he was a house of fire. He showed that he can he can hang in this environment. So it really makes you, like, the dichotomy of Brett, like, 
it's like he's it's like he's still showing Owen, you're the younger brother. I'm I'm gonna take control of this. So Brett is just like writhing in pain in the ring after Owen kicked his leg out. So um once Owen's like leaving, Owen does awesome work too. It's like he's in the camera just barking at how selfish Brett was and he says he's too yep. damn selfish. So he's kind of, you know, barking on with that and um he finally gets to the back. I don't know if you want Continue with the, the top yeah, let's, let's, stuff let's, you yeah, let's okay. get, yeah, get through it all. I'll get my so, all right, so, um, so he gets back there with Todd Pettengill and he's still just going on about how too damn selfish Brett was. And I think that was like a, a line to mention damn in there because he, he mentions it a few times. Yep. Um, which is a really good touch actually because it's just, you see how frustrated he was. And then Brett's kind of like getting stretched out and he's watching the, I love this, like we've seen it a few times on Superstars and stuff, like, the guy's looking at the big screen as they're getting wheeled out or something. So um, that's a good touch. And, and we get the infamous line of Owen being so frustrated that he says, that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. So to me, a lot of people look at that as a botch and like uh, they make fun of it. I love that part of it because it shows true frustration. Like right. when you're pissed and you're angry, you don't just come out so articulate all the time. Sometimes you get so mad and you say dumb shit and it makes you even more mad. So, um, I don't know. I just really loved it. And then knowing the finally caps off was just saying, I'm worried about myself now. So I think, uh, a star is born right here. I think Owen is an awesome heel right now. Like I think he just, he made it with, with a, with something as simple as kicking his leg. Like, like, you know, he didn't, there wasn't anything crazy. It was just kicked his brother's but, leg and it was awesome. But it was set up, right? I think you, you right. brought it up a lot right. last time. Like, if he just kicks him, that's a heel move, but they brought it like a month of setup, right? To yep. Yep. say, like, you believe that Owen is right in here, right? Like, you, and you actually heard some cheers as he, as he kicks him because I think people like felt yep. that way. Right? Like, Brett is kind of selfish. Um, so I don't know if you had anything else to add before I kind of give a couple notes, uh, that I had. Uh, you know, I, I, I no, go ahead. yeah, I mean, just great match. They, they, they booked this so well to a point, right? The early part is, Hey, let's show off Owen that he can go with the Quebecers. Then let's show that Brett's, you know, maybe a little bit better, right? Like Brett definitely had some great offense, but was just as good as Owen. If not, maybe show him better and then get to the injury angle and then get to the end of the match. Right. So like perfectly booked until the ending. Like it's so weird that like he just fell and they DQ him. So, um, I, I know I, I listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast on this and he didn't like the ending and felt like they misbooked it. So I think mm-hmm. that's a, I mean, not that I believe everything he says or like everything he says, but I, I think it's definitely, I mean, you brought it up too. I, I just think it was a very flat ending and very confusing because they've never done that. never done right. that before. Um, right. I thought DiBiase here, I know the first match we didn't like him. I thought he was great here. He, you know, he got, he does the joke about how he bought every title in the WWF, which is, you know, a great, a great line. Um, he talks so much. He really holds it. He's like, look at Owen. He's holding his own. He really starts doing, you know, the Brett stuff. Like, look at Brett hugging the, the limelight, right? And using the word selfish. So he's really putting that over. And then as Owen kicks Brett, DiBiase has this classic, you know, DiBiase laugh. It's just like perfectly timed. And I think he has a lot of value to this this match. And my last note is just the leg out of the leg commentary. I I think that comes off as real versus scripted. Obviously, it's like yeah. a funny funny line. But sometimes we get too many of these like scripted promos, which I think guys have gotten a lot better at, right? Like doing it not scripted, mm-hmm. but 
this was clearly no script, right? It was go out there and be frustrated. And I think that adds some value as well. So I'm not saying the scripted stuff isn't bad because we've also seen dreadful promos from people that, that guys that aren't sh- scripted. Uh, but I think the, the flaw should be, you know, should be, a, uh, you know, ignored, right? I, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. It's obviously funny and it's always been a classic, you know, make fun of, fun of yeah. uh, Owen for it. But, uh, I, I think it, like you said, I think it adds it. Add some realness to what you would actually do if that happened to you. Well, yeah, it just feels real. Like, like yeah. people are gonna mess up when they talk. Like, that's just that's just how it goes. Like, you don't you already are trying to suspend disbelief that it's an actual fight. You don't you shouldn't have to suspend disbelief that the person's talking their own actual words. So, yeah, like, I I think like, you know like that's just my I love promos and wrestling. It's such a big part of wrestling to me. Like. I'm not a strictly in-ring guy. I know we both, like, look at it this way. But, like, so when, when stuff is, like, natural like that, it just adds so much to the to the match and the, and the entirety of it all. So I just think he killed it with that. Yep. So then we'll go on to uh, my favorite guy, IRS. <laughs> uh-huh. So you got big IRS versus Razor Ramon match, you know, for the Intercontinental title. Uh, so we'll just talk last match, not clean finish, and we're going to spoiler this match, not clean finish. But, uh, 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 again, IRS comes out with his, uh, standard, you know, Providence, Rhode Island, JT is awful, you know, tax cheats, right. massive heat for him, awesome pop for Razor. We switched to, uh, Gorilla and, uh, Jim Ross for this match. I, I really like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the best match for them to call, but, I, I love it that the fact that like it's kind of similar to the way they do brand splits, right? Where they switch an outing team. I think it adds a lot of value uh, in kind of having a different commentary team uh, there. So like I really like this during the brand split. Maybe some people did it. Maybe they always didn't have the strongest commentary teams, but it's very similar to that. Let these guys call the match they're maybe more known for. So um, f- fun, fun little match. Nothing, nothing too crazy about it. Uh, you know, one move IRS does is is he actually, uh, Razor, he goes off the top rope and Razor puts his leg up and basically IRS does the only thing that never happens, right? Catches himself and then actually does an elbow drop to Razor, which is a really cool spot that I liked. Uh, of course, IRS does his classic headlock during the middle of the match, then puts his feet on the rope. So you're going to get, you're going to get that. Yes. Um, but then, you know, they go into a rough bump. Uh, IRS goes for the briefcase. Razor ends up hitting him and then is ready to go for the Razor's edge. He gets lifting up, uh, Gets lifting up uh, IRS, and then from out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels whacks him with the belts. Uh, Shawn leaves the belt in the ring for some reason and, le- and leaves out. Uh, and IRS gets the one, two, three uh, to become champion. They don't ring the bell. Obviously, IRS has no music, so they don't play the music either. But Earl Hepner comes out of nowhere, comes down and sides of the match, must continue for some reason. Uh, and IRS is celebrating to huge heat. The crowd is, like, talking huge as IRS is on the turnbuckle. The crowd is just, like, so pissed off. Quick razor's edge that he kind of grabs him pretty cool off uh, celebrating. Uh, gets the one, two, three for razor, and then he has both belts and kind of has an awesome celebration with his music blasting. Uh, really good. I thought Ross and Gorilla just kind of like selling the confusion of why would IRS win and it can't be a, the title change can't happen like that. And then, you know, celebrating like Razor's the rightful winner and the true Intercontinental Champion. So fun little match for. Uh, what you would maybe think is one of the worst matches ever, just given that a lot of people don't like IRS, but I, I thought mm-hmm. it was good. Served his purpose. It's kind of the intermission before the two 
you know, between that hot angle with Ray's, uh, with Owen and Brett and, you know, what's about to come in the Rumble and the title match. So good placement here. And, uh, you get the uh, face winning, but, you know, kind of another match that's non-clean finish. So this match was actually the most surprising match to me. Um, I didn't have really any recollection of this match. It's like, I remember the show. I've seen a lot of it. Like, it's not like a blind spot or anything, but I just didn't remember IRS being this over as a heel. Um, to the crowd, like is as much as like Tatanka was over the face, IRS was just yes. as much over as a heel. Oh, they hate him, hate him. Yeah, and, and it added so much to the match because I think like Jr. was perfect to call this match because he was really into it too. Like I don't know if the crowd being so against IRS made him more into the match, but um, he was just on fire here calling this match. And I think like well, I think I think also too uh, mm-hmm. that it's more of a wrestling match than like a. I mean, I think he would have struggled with the Taker match, right? Because that's right, more gimmicky, right, right. cartoony, or right. you know, a Doink match. But I think here it was more of a rest, a pure wrestling match. Yeah, and well, it's like we, we kind of, you know, we're kind of waiting for the the Razor Sean stuff to happen, and kind of just feeling like, you know, this story didn't really do anything. But they actually did make the most out of this, like this match, like for it to be an Intercontinental Title match. I like that it was still focused on and. um you know, it wasn't just like some throwaway match. So right, and, and, and I love Sean coming down. His his gear was cool too. He had the the black, the more black with the red. So, um, you know that that story is now going to kick off, which is pretty cool too. But yeah, this um this match just really surprised me for some reason, and I didn't expect it to, you know, really be a hot kind of match like it was. So good stuff. Uh, you want to move on to our main event, uh, main event title match? Yep. So from there, we are going to get like another little video package of Taker and Yoko, which is pretty cool because I really like the build to that match. Yeah, it was awesome. With, with you know, with the casket stuff and the, all the little vignettes and everything has been really good. So um, this is a casket match, like we, you know, like the build suggests. Um, I like that, you know, Yoko's like when he comes out, he's really like visibly shaken, like he's obviously nervous. So it just plays into like, you know, he kind of like knows that um, he's played or he's shown his hand kind of that caskets aren't really his thing. Um, but he also has to know that he's the, you know, the challenge or he's a champion in this match. So he can't just like, you know, be scared the whole time or anything like he has to show Taker that. He's still gonna, I don't know, be like an aggressor in a way too. So he kind of like shakes it off when the match gets to starting, and um, they have this like face to face, like Taker and yep. Yoko get face to face with each other, and like it feels like a big showdown when those two are face to face. Like it just feels like a big match. Um, there's like a wild brawl to start, and the crowd gets really into this. So I, th- I love how this starts, like. It almost starts, I'm not going to compare it to this, it's not like the apples to apples, but a WAF version of a ECW match around this time where it's like a wild brawl like around the ring and, and things, like there's the step yep. bumps, like they're getting thrown into the steps, they're using chairs, like throwing chairs at each other. Um, eventually Yoko throws salt in Taker's eyes, which was cool. Um, so like there, it's just like this wild, hectic brawl to start, and you see that a lot like ECW this time, where they're kind of going out in the crowd and stuff and doing whatever. So 
Um, eventually, uh, Yoko gets choke slammed and thrown in the casket. So, like, Taker does hit the choke slam on him and rolls him in. But Crush comes down to interfere, so it stops it from stops him from closing the casket because you do got to close the casket to win the match. Um, and then out comes Kabuki and Tenru next. So, like, they're beating down Taker, and these are the two hired guns by Fuji. So, um, at this point, Crush, Yoko, Tenru, um, and Kabuki, that makes sense. Th- that part makes sense to me. Like, those guys should be down there to beat up Taker. They got a, a, a bounty out, whatever. But now Bigelow comes out and follows in the beat down. Then Jeff Jarrett comes out. Then Adam Bomb, the head shrinkers, Diesel. I just wrote, I don't get why the other heels are here. Like, what? I don't, like, why are they so worried about Yoko keeping the title? That just, they're about to be in a Royal Rumble to be the number one contender to Yokozuna. So it's not like, yep. They have this, like, pact, like, oh, he's a heel, we have to defend him, or else they wouldn't be in the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? Like, so I just don't get, um, I don't know. I don't get everybody coming down. I feel like they could have done this with just the guys that are, like, uh, affiliated, kind of. Like, four guys, you know, would, it seems like it would do the trick to me, but yeah. um, I don't know. So, anyways, Taker starts, like, finally mounting a comeback, and then he just finally gets swarmed. Um, and Yoko nails Taker with the urn and opens, like, this green smoke star starts coming out i know a lot of people are going to hate this this stuff like think it's hokey and it kind of is but i love this stuff like this takes me back to like being a kid watching this stuff the the aura of the undertaker like like i said it's hokey but it's still cool like um taker is just being destroyed here too like he's just getting demolished um finally taker gets rolled into the casket and yoko is declared the winner so they close it and they start rolling the, cla- the casket to the back, and, like, green smoke starts coming out of the casket now, and the lights go out. Um, and this part was kind of weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> even even my, like, you know, rose-colored glasses kind of looked at this one a little weird. So, like, Taker is shown on the big screen. So, I guess there was a camera in the casket the whole time. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> go, the I don't, GoPro, the original GoPro. Right, right, right. And then he's, like, he just goes on about saying how the spirit of the Undertaker lives blah 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 and i will not rest in peace so um there's some like explosion and then you're to believe that undertaker is now lifted to the heavens and i think the the uh urban legend was that it's actually marty Jannetty um dressed as the undertaker i'm pretty sure that's what i've heard so like he you know he's getting raised up there and um you know the the ending is kind of weird but i love the taker and yoko dynamic i love the um, Yoko being scared of the casket, but being able to, you know, get a plan to win still. Um, I love the bearing of Taker and like all the, as, uh, Scott would say, the histrionics of all this stuff. So I thought this was a pretty awesome match. Not like, you know, great in ring or not great, like classic or anything like that, but, um, just as a spectacle, I thought it was really fun and like just adds to the card, you know? Yep. So I love this. There's a 10 minute build up, uh, over 10 minutes of between the promo package and them meeting face to face. So have that big man feel. The crowd is awesome. My, my comments, I also have that like Paul Bear, this is, is like his best work he does. Maybe I said Kane stuff might be better when he's bringing the Kane stuff in 97, but like this right. acting is amazing. Like just the double wide, double deep, the, the facial expressions is all that's great. The crowd, the crowd's nuts for this. But even Taker's entrance, like it kind of make it like he's gonna be in the casket and he's kind of walking behind. So awesome things. You you really brought this up great about how this match really 
they did shortcuts to make it not take her Yoko, like make it an ECW wild bra. I don't even know if they announced that it's no disqualifications. Like, I don't remember as you said that I'm like, I don't even know if they announced it, but they clearly like they both got counted out. They both used the chair multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like no rule. So that's pretty cool too as well. So you don't have to like fake the referees missing it or anything, but uh, pretty, pretty cool on that. Uh, it's the right match for these two. <coughs> um, sorry. <coughs> uh, you know, as, as we get to the match, Taker does a, a DDT. I love how Yoko sells in the casket when he put, when he, Taker rolls him in there, like they show a screenshot of him or, you know, a shot of him and he's still passed out, like great acting by him. He's just mm-hmm. literally taking a nap. So I thought that was <laughs> awesome. Um, it, it, I didn't really think about that, but that like makes total sense. Like crush Kabuki and Tenru only. You probably could have had like another guy where Fuji was behind, but the fact mm-hmm. that they kind of picked up like Jeff Jarrett, like I want to see that conversation with Fuji and Jeff Jarrett. Like yeah, how did the side come down, right? Or like you know if if like maybe if Whippleman came down with Adam Bomb and like Whippleman and Fuji hugged or something, you know, like something to make it make sense because they also didn't do all the. All the the heels, because, like, I literally was just looking at History WWE. Yoko and Quang teamed the night before. So, like, wouldn't Quang come down? But Quang's nowhere to be found here. So it, it really doesn't make sense. I didn't really think about that, but that's just a great point by you. Um, I also love DiBiase in here. I think he's he's really great during this the second half of the match. For the match, he, he kind of adds nothing. But the second half of the match, just about talking how smart Fuji was to plan this yeah. all out. Uh, to really think, you know, that Fuji's thinking three steps ahead of Paul Bear. You know, this is his one chance. He blew it. Like, I thought this was really, really well done by DiBiase. He's, he's you know, he's laughing as well as Haker's being being done. And then I love the the spot where they, you know, they all kind of do their finishers and they throw Taker in the, the casket and, like, bam, bam, <laughs> big little kind of, like, the head triggers kind of, like, ride it. Like, I think right. that's an awesome right. visual. Like, they, like that's clearly unplanned. And probably not, like, I don't know if they test it out, but Bam Bam's a big guy. Like, that could have easily, like, collapsed in. Right? Oh, like, could you imagine? That. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, like, saw that. It was, like, I, it's such an awesome visual, but it's, like, I don't think they planned that. Like, that could have been real bad. Um and I love also that, like, Yoko's the one that gives Taker the good night shot with the urn. Like, make him look strong there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even though you need these other guys, like, that's it. Um, uh, I also love Tibiasi at the end. So, you know, they get to the aisle, and Tibiasi goes, that's the last time you'll see the Taker. You'll see Taker for a long time. And right as he finishes that sentence, the dong hits. Like, you know, like the Undertaker's bell. Like, it's just great timing. So I think, again, is great here. He kind of acts scared to death of this stuff. Now the smokes, the lights out, every just everything kind of adds to his aura. Um, and then at the end, they kind of you know regroup and, and Ted's saying how he's not gonna sleep well tonight or you know from all this. And like I know as a kid, like I was freaked out by this. I was like, what the hell just happened? Uh, so I like Ted kind of going that too. Like, hey, that was a little bit more than anyone was ready for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely something different, definitely something crazy, and you kind of spend disbelief. And if you're a kid. Maybe you don't kind of get everything that's happening with it, but uh, looking back at it, it's a fun, fun moment. A little bit overbooked, right, as far as some of the stuff, but it's also The Undertaker, right? It's not like, uh, you know, Bret Hart did this. So I think you also have to be like, there is theatrics to wrestling. Uh, yeah, and The yeah. Undertaker is just is that theatrical performer um, for well, it. I, well, I, you're very right about DiBiase being on fire during this, and I think it's like fitting, like, 
how he says, like, you know, this last year against see of Taker because he's the one that brought Taker in. So, like, if, right. if Taker's leaving, him calling it. So, and he also has, like, this disdain for Undertaker now because he's no longer with him kind of thing. So there's a cool little backstory that could be added to that. But, um, yeah, even though the first match, Jimmy Ossie wasn't, like, you know, settled in or anything, he does um, end up being a pretty good addition to this. So. He is a, like, I, I forgot to mention that he is a good, um, he does add to this, if anything else. Like, he doesn't hurt the match at all. Yeah, I, 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 not the whole pay-per-view, but I think this part, the Owen part, and I'll, I'll talk about it, the Rumble, where he adds, I think, a lot of value, um, mm-hmm. to, to the Knights, but I, I definitely think, like, in the standard play-by-play during the match, like, and it's probably part of the thing is he's with Vince. Like, that's like the worst, right? So it's like, <laughs> right, you're with a right. guy, right? Like, you're not with a guy that can maybe carry you and, and, you know, bring on conversations with, you know, Vince McMahon who doesn't know moves either. So I think that hurts it. But yeah, fun, fun little match. Uh, another non-clean finish though, as we get into the Royal Rumble. So, you know, if you're a fan, you, I mean, live, the crowd is going nuts for this, like the entire time. They're locked like, in. Like the, the, I mean, it's just it's like if you're alive, like you had to be like, what the hell happened? I mean, I think you have to take this this match especially as live. It's an amazing, crazy experience. You know, right. was the best in ring thing ever. Five stars, no, but if you were there, like it's a lot better than like a twenty minute match with a ten minute rest hold. Like this, this yep. is awesome. Yeah, I, it, I like it as a show. Like as is right. I, I don't. I don't have to say. Uh, you know, was there any five star matches or anything like that? Like, uh, just as a show. Period. There hasn't been anything bad. Um, like, there's been quite. Like, I think this Take the Yoko match was actually pretty good. Uh, the Brett match and all that told a great story, if nothing else. Um, Razor and IRS, you know, exceeded their expectations, and then. Big Lone Tatanka is a fun opener, and so yeah, and perfect spot yeah. for the opener. Right, so I think I think it's just been really good so far. Um, I don't want to like, you know, understate how good this show has been. It was such an easy watch up to this point, so um, good stuff yeah. so far. So I agree. Should we get on to plugs before we get to the rumble? Yeah, yeah. So um, again, with the YouTube, I still want to push people towards that. Um, Aaron's been doing like. A, he does this like tier list on there. He's like, he did one for like WrestleMania matches. He did one for like WrestleMania openers. Um, so that's a pretty cool idea. Like you don't really hear that on the podcast. Um, you know, like tier stack ranking kind of things. It, it's yep. really good visual. So like, like it's good for YouTube itself. Um, and they're doing drafts still. So it sounds like they're going to do drafts, uh, either once a month or once every other couple weeks. So that's all also, uh, I'm an addition. Um, and then uh, another one, it's not necessarily on North-South, it's on PTM Pop. Uh, Schiff and Souza had a uh, Play While You Listen podcast with video games that I think was really good. Um, if you're like a video game person, I suggest you check it out. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of info coming up on, you know, stuff coming out. Um, just, you know, they kind of did like, what's your top five games of all time thing. Awesome. Uh, Red Dead Red- Red Dead Redemption didn't get any love, so I'm kind of pissed on that. <laughs> but yeah, they they just uh, it's a it's a fun listen. Put it that way, like it's something you know you should check out if if you know if you have any kind of love for video games, just check it out. So just want to give that a mention. Yeah, I'll give uh, 
kind of mentioned awesome about the uh Aaron. I just listened to the WrestleMania main events today or watched it uh, on YouTube. So fun stuff there. That was like 40, 30 minutes. He kind of goes through each match real quick. So it's not like anything too long, tears them, and then you're kind of done for the day. Uh, so that's great. Uh, I brought it up last time, but we're, we're rolling on Chronoso. We did WrestleMania 3. We're about to do the last two Saturday nights main event of 1987. So fun stuff. And then right into the new pay-per-view Survivor Series 87, the, or eight, yeah, 87 the next month. So yep. Chronoso is moving along, you know, the stuff every day, uh, uh, dropping, um, and the North South Connection, and then thanks for mentioning, you know, place to be, uh, and then the pop experience. So two other, you know, feeds that have great stuff every day. So, uh, a lot of stuff on there and, and the YouTube channel, like you mentioned, subscribe and then, you know, watch where you can. Uh, you know, some of the shows have specials on them, like the WrestleMania three, the Cardoso, we did the, the WrestleMania main event is on North, uh, on YouTube only. Everything else was audio. So kind of different for each kind of feed. So. Well, yeah. If you, even if you even if you can't watch it all the time, just subscribe. Yeah. Just just drive those numbers up. You know, help yep. help uh, North South out just to get the subscriber numbers up, if nothing else. So, yep. Just wanted to mention that. Yep, and that uh, we'll move on to the Royal Rumble then. Yes, sir. All right, so we're gonna do kind of similar to 1993's Rumble, where you kind of do five guys at a time and kind of talk about about. You know, the little second, we'll break it in sections just by five, just to make it kind of easy. Uh, even though if it sometimes doesn't always work out, but we'll, we'll make it work. So we mm-hmm. get the, first we get, uh, you know, the kind of the preview package of all the guys in the back kind of saying, yo, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. Doink, of course, sounds like the most ridiculous at this point about, hey, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. Um, but all the guys kind of come back. They come back to Vincent and, and, and um, and, uh, Ted DiBiase then backstage just kind of talk about, recap the Undertaker real match. And then they announced that the time limit for this Royal Rumble is going to be moved to a, a, a minute and a half versus two minutes. And I think the minute and a half is like the perfect time for it. Uh, I think, well, I, w- I would say differently without intro music, a minute and a half is perfect. I think right, nowadays right, right. With like the intro music and the pyro and stuff, I think two minutes is perfect. Uh, we'll see next year with one minute that that's too ridiculous. Uh, so I think, I think this is a great, without the intro music and kind of people doing entrances, this is the perfect kind of length. Cause you, I don't think there's a dull spot between guys coming out. There might be some dull spots in the ring, but between guys coming out, there's never like that. When's the clock going to show up? Um, so we get the, we get the announcement. It's going to be a minute and a half. Of course, kayfabe, that's never a minute and a half, which I never understood. I've never said why they just don't do it real versus like figuring out timing of it. It feels like it's harder to plan. It feels like it's harder to plan the timing versus just having a clock and back and just doing it a minute and a half. So I don't know. Yeah, I I um I didn't necessarily like pull out a stopwatch and time it, but I was like following along and I was like, why a minute and a half? Like why there's there'll be some that would be like a minute and yeah. like ten seconds, and there'll be some that was like closer to the minute and a half. So I was just like. What are they doing with this? But that's – I think I've heard uh, Bruce on his podcast mention this, like the WWE math or whatever it is that they use. Um, I don't know why they do it. Like they have – I guess they have to time out the show a certain yeah. way to begin with. And it's, they just, you know, say, okay, screw it. This guy's going out with a minute. No one's going to really notice. And you really don't. If you're, if you're just watching the show, you really don't yeah. notice it, you know, so – it just seems it's harder. It seems like it thinks like in the back you would just have a clock that's right. synced up to the clock that goes on the screen. Instead, you're kind of like having a guy push a button randomly and uh, right. so whatever. We're not going to give the times of when guys come out, but uh, you could, I think it, 
there's places definitely watch it, but it's, it is interesting that they don't even stick to the minute and a half, even if they're running short on time. So top first guy that comes out is Scott Snyder, cool guy. I always love the face coming out first because you get the pop from the crowd. Uh, and then Sam Moo comes out. Um, so, uh, you know, a few they've had before, but kind of really haven't had it. Snyder brothers have been missing for a while. Like if we've seen them the past couple months, uh, after they made evented, uh, survivor series, they kind of have been missing. Uh, right. So you get, Scott and Samu kind of starting it off, and then you get Rick Steiner out. Um, so the brothers double team, uh, Samu kind of toss him out through his, uh, classic, um, neck spot. I don't even know what that's called, the hangman into the ropes. Uh, so they yeah, eliminate hangman, him. Yep. And rather than the two guys kind of fighting, we get a new guy coming out, and this is, uh, Quang, uh, coming out. So his, his appear, his first appearance here, uh, and he spits, spits the green mist into uh Rick's uh face and that blinds him. Scott tried to works on Quang but then keeps going to check on his brother. Uh so we don't get much there. Then we get Owen Hart out. So huge booze. I like this place mm-hmm. of get him out early. Yep. Uh so he's really far away from Brett and you don't really think like, oh is Brett coming, you know, to come get him or anything like that. Like I love the placement of him here. Of course like you're probably there, like, you want to see Brennan Owen, but you can't do it tonight, right? Like, you've got to save that. Uh, WCW would probably be classic of having them fight tonight, but, like, it's perfect booking to not have them anywhere by each other. So, exactly. Owen comes out booze, and uh, kind of the uh, first five is kind of nothing to it, but you got to get the, the Owen appearance, and you get uh, kind of the, the Quang Green Mist, which adds a little intrigue, but... Where you're going to talk about is really going to set this this rumble up for some good success. Yeah, well, so one thing just real quick about Quang, this is his debut, right? Like we haven't yes. seen him yet. Well, we we saw that terrible, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the promo pack. Well, I, I don't even I don't even know it's a promo pack. It's like a I don't even know what you want to call that. That was it was so bad. Whatever it was, it was. Well, so bad. how do you how do you feel about him debuting this early in the rumble? Like how do you like or in the rumble period? Like how do you feel about right. that? Cause, I think it's no, kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's, it's terrible. Like, like everybody else debuts with like a squash match or something like that. Yeah, especially a guy with a mask that we have no clue who he is. Um, even American wrestling fans, even if you know who TNT is in Puerto Rico, like Savio, you would never know. You would never know yeah, this guy. You don't know who this is. Like he's got. A, like, I don't know. It's just weird to have him come out, especially at number four, and just kind of there's like no reaction. So well, and, and, I, and I'm. Uh, I'm probably like showing how bad of Russ. Isn't the great Kabuki known for spinning stuff too? Or yeah, that, well, great, right? great Muda, great, oh, great Muda, Muda. Is, and great yeah. Kabuki is too. Okay, Kabuki, yeah, yeah Muda's the original Kabuki one, but I thought Kabuki did it too. But I, could I be. think I think Kabuki is actually the original one because he, okay. um, and then Kendo Nagasaki maybe in Britain, some something like that. But Kabuki was okay. doing it in the eighties. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I, was, I knew he did. I, I knew yeah. Buddha was the like the the main one known for, it, but like right. he's on the show, so like you're stealing his gimmick. It's just really exactly really weird. Yeah, it, it, well, that's what um, Quang was like designed to be. He was like supposed to be kind of like a great Muda ripoff, which was weird because it's Savio Vega, and he was TNT <laughs> in Puerto Rico with like a face paint gimmick. He, they should have just brought him in as TNT. Like he already had a cool look. I don't know why they put this mask on him um, and made him like this ninja guy just because he did like a spinning heel kick in Puerto Rico. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like he's like, he's like a brawling, bloody brawler in Puerto Rico at yeah. TNT, and they bring him in as this ninja guy. So I think they're trying to get like a great Muda-ish kind of guy. 
because he was in WCW in 93 in spots, so maybe that's what they were trying to do. But, yeah, anyway, I, I think we've talked more about Quang than anybody else. Yeah, um, especially his rumble, so yeah. rumble appearance. <laughs> right. So yeah. So uh, Owen, Owen tossed Rick out, um, and then Bart Gunn is out next. So like, like there's like tag specialists in the ring now. Like, yep. You know, Samu, the Steiners, Owen, Bart Gunn now. So yeah, not like huge stars yet. Like Owen's probably the biggest guy as far as being built now. Then out comes Diesel, and, and Diesel just looks badass coming out. Like he looks like a star coming out already and it like it just feels like it's on now because you got the the first really big guy coming out so he just comes in and just tosses bart and scott Steiner like it's nothing and for him to toss scott like it's nothing because he's like this huge guy was like yeah. a, like the first holy shit okay we might have something going on here moment um then he just immediately tosses owen and quang so like owen this guy who's getting this big push this guy is being built up as his heel. He just discards him, and now Diesel is now the focal point of this match. Owen's no longer the, you know, yep. the, the guy people are worried about, which, which is actually pretty smart too, because Owen already has a huge story that we're worried about. Um, the Rumble didn't need to be like a success story for Owen. The, the tag titles and Brett was Owen's, you know, prerogative or whatever. So that was cool just to push Diesel here with this. Um, when he tosses Owen and Quang, the the crowd pops pretty huge for Diesel. Like I think yeah. they were kind Especially of for o- well Owen. I mean, I think they did a good job of him tossing Owen, mm-hmm. like because you could I, you could kind of gauge whether he was going to be over or not, right? Like if he doesn't get a pop for tossing Owen, like it's going to be really hard for this crowd to cheer for a heel, right? Right. So right. I, I think they did a good job of that, right? Like it doesn't make sense. Like normally in Rumbles, heels don't toss heels, but I think in this part it really made sense. Well, so and then next, like you have Diesel tossing out these like young athletic guys, like you're putting them over. He's tossing out these musclehead dudes. So what's the logical next person to come out for him to toss? Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Yep. So, <laughs> and uh, he just comes out, and it looks like he's trying to, like, shoot on Diesel a little bit. Like, he's such a fucking dork. Like, he has to, like, <laughs> he has to, like, try and say, okay, I know it's just your moment, but I'm going to show you what I could do in 1981, and I'm going to shoot on you real quick. So just so you know, I can still do this. It's just like, come on, man, play along. Like, give this guy his moment. It, it was just kind of weird how he was trying to, like, lift his leg up and, I don't know. He just had to kind of put himself over for a second. It felt yeah. like, um, and which is funny because what happens later in the year. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, he tosses Backlund. Thank God. And once he did that, um, hold on a second. Let me scroll down here. So, um, I just said like this is you know he's on a tear now. So like this is how you make a star. Um, and then Billy Gunn comes out next, and Billy Gunn looks kind of big compared to Diesel, and like everyone says how much of a, you know, how big of a guy Billy is, so that that was a kind of cool look on his part, but he's he's dumped in short order as well. Yeah. Um, then they go backstage and show that Luger got jumped backstage by Tenryu Kabuki, so, like, you know, just showing that the higher guns kind of thing, um, you know, trying to take out the competition. Yeah, and, and so, like, you know, Yoko won his match, so what's his next uh, line of order going to be. It's going to be getting rid of Luger because, you know, uh, a taker's already taken care of. So that was pretty cool, pretty smart little plot to the rumble here. Um, and then, you know, Virgil comes out next. 
and uh, he's being called an alternate for Kamala. So I guess you had to, you know, put your token black guy first. And token <laughs> Kamala coming out. You had to throw Virgil out there. Yeah, I got it. And this is sure. this is a moment in the match, and Nash talks about this in his podcast, and it made me like really laser focused on this. Um, Virgil comes out and he's like all pumped up, and he punches Nash in the face for real, and Diesel fucking rails into him. Like, shoot punches oh, shit. Yeah. So, if you watch this back, Virgil comes out, and I don't know if he's just too excited or what, but he punches Diesel in the face, um, like, for real. And then Diesel just starts wailing on him and then tosses him over. And uh, Dick DiBiase even gives out a huge next because yeah. Virgil obviously got tossed. So, that was awesome. And they painted Diesel's mouth as, like, bloody, too. So, um, pretty good stuff. Uh, Diesel's, like, on a roll here. Uh, just really know how to make a star with this. Um, I don't know. I just, I just really love this little tear that he had here. So, um, yeah, I'll hand, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple things uh, here is, um, you know, Diesel looks like a star. He doesn't come out looking like a star, like the crowd's quiet for him, but within two minutes, they turn for him, like start cheering him. The timing of how quick he throws Billy Gunn and then they show the backstage footage. So like, it was good there, right? Like, it's perfect timing for, hey, let's show the footage why nothing's going on in the ring. So great timing there. DiBiase has, like, two or three great moments in here. One, he he is just saying how great Fuji's night has been. Like, that this guy is just way ahead of everyone else. He's so much smarter than anyone else. He's saved Yoko's title, and now he's taken his, you know, the number one contender for Yoko and Luger out of the championship. And so I thought that was great by DiBiase. Also, when Virgil comes out, I think it's amazing that Ted's on, on, on commentary. He's just laughing the whole time. Like, where did yes. this guy come from? He's just he's just loving that Virgil's going to lose so easily. Uh, and and that, that's a great one. He's just like, next is next is amazing. Right. Uh, so then we get to number 11. And I forgot to mention this, the, the Savage match. But, like, there's some, like, great camera work throughout this throughout this entire um, pay-per-view. There's When Razor's lifting up uh, IRS, they they flip the camera so you can't see that Sean's coming out. So like you think like Razor's gonna hit it, and you if you don't know you don't know Sean you can't see Sean's gonna come out. We t- I, I talked about the Yoko, um, uh, you know passed out camera angle. We we joked about the GoPro taker camera angle, uh, and then here where Diesel is like mouthing people, and then you hear the. Uh, the, the the buzzer ring and the crowd pops and you just see like Diesel go like oh shit and so you have no idea and they turn right to Savage this is where like not having the music helps yep. I think like sometimes the music hurts the entrance this was call. awesome and Savage comes out and the crowd is just they just know like all right we've had a bunch of bums like Bob Acklin this guy is going to save us um, so great timing of when to bring Savage out great timing of to bring a massive superstar out. And again, we mean you talk about this. Why is Savage wasted? Oh my God! Right throughout this time period, and even in this Rumble, I feel like he's kind of wasted. Like he, I get, they, I like what they do with him and Crush, but like he could have been a little bit longer and bring Crush out later. So, uh, you know, kind of a real changing of the guard as we get into number eleven with Randy Savage coming out. If you want to say anything first, no. So what I was going to say is like Diesel gives like the original. Like how Austin reacted when Brett came out in '97, like how Austin's sitting on the top ropes and you see yep. Brett come out and he's like, "Oh shit!" Diesel sold that for Savage, which I really liked yep. because uh, Savage still is that guy. Like he he has I don't I don't know what 
I think this is why everybody believes the rumors because what doesn't he have? Like he's the he's the vet. He's not selfish. He's willing to put anybody over. Um, the crowd is always into him every time he comes out, and it just sucks that they lost Savage because, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Ho- had Hogan not gotten Savage in WCW, I don't think it would have turned out the way as good as it did because I don't think he would have had somebody to work with and, and, and like, credibility-wise um, to help right. him out there. But I, it's just, like, it makes you so mad of what's inevitably going to happen at the end of the year. Um, yep. Just seeing how good he is, so. Yep, and then we get Double J coming out. I, I had a note, I forgot to say, that like, it's kind of funny that the Taker starts losing his momentum when Double J and Anna Bomb come in. Like, that's the turning <laughs> right. point of him. Right. But, uh, so Double J, again, a guy that really hasn't been over as a heel so far. Uh, so we get him coming out to kind of break it up a little bit. And then you start getting a bunch of, uh, another heel in there and Crush. So I think this is a good, a good segment with Crush kind of eliminating Randy Savage. So build that feud up, make Crush look strong, where, you know, maybe, Macho looks like he's one up him, but you know, make Crush look song. And then we get Doink coming out, and uh, you know, Crush. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I laughed at this, but Crush and Diesel start fighting each other in, in Double J, and Doink just sits in the corner, kind of laughing. But then he goes into his. So I think that's a good part, like you know, laughing at the heels, like in the mm-hmm. corner. But then he starts going into his like, right. eye poke and stepping on their like three Stooges, you know, comedy wrestling. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna. I can't support that part, but. Uh, which which helps out is then a great you know these are random draw but randomly bam bam biggles the next you know the next guy out and that's awesome we're like doing's like oh crap and bam bam picks him up and just tosses yes. him yes yes like not like Takamichi moment but of the but night per, so. but pretty close to that like it's just a brutal elimination yeah. uh, I love it I think it puts big Bigelow over big like this guy that lost. But yeah, he just like tossed Doink, so he looks like he's winning that feud. Uh, so fun, fun stuff there from from Bam Bam at fifteen. Um, great timing. I, I know it's supposed to be you know random draw, but it's a great timing. Get let Doink have his two minutes of comedy, then let Bam Bam look big over mm-hmm. him and, and kind of move on uh, to the next section. Anything to add in those uh, those Wait, five? This what this is what the. Oh, I hate Doink. I was that, but. <laughs> it, it, is this is what the this this is what the rumble is is for? You get some of everything. You get the comedy yep. stuff. You get the the Hoss matchups. You get your um, debuts. You know, playing and, and we'll have another one here in a minute. But you get you get like a mixture of guys you usually don't see fighting each other, heel versus heel, like Crush against Diesel and stuff like that. So yep. I think I, I just think like playing the hits is, is a smart way to go in the rumble. Um, you don't have to get, you don't have to overthink it. It just, you know, it formulate, it's everything you want in wrestling. It's some of everything. So, um, from there we get, uh, Mabel coming out next to a pretty good reaction. Like as we've always seen a pretty overworked crowd. And now we have, and now we have some real meat in the ring too. You got Mabel, you got Bam Bam, Diesel, Crushes in there. So you got some real big guys where you kind of think, you know, hey, you know, one of these guys could win it because, just on size alone. So um, after that, we get Sparky Thurman, Sparky plug coming out and says that he's taking the place of the one, two, three kids. So I believe this is his debut as well. And I know we haven't seen yet, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's had a match or anything. Nothing we've seen. So, him. I mean, obviously you guys probably had like a bunch of house show tryouts and stuff, but on, right, on right. TV that they have not been shown. I think him and Quang both. Right. 
so so you know we're getting some new faces um which is pretty cool that you're you're you know it's like okay what what's in store with these guys you see them in a rumble so it's not like they're going they're getting you know they're not killing any momentum by being in a rumble so right. that's cool um and then after that Shawn Michaels comes out so uh he's like like you mentioned earlier his tights look pretty cool with the black and red um he seems like this is like, he's starting to feel like a star now too like you know as his like movements and everything like that when he gets in the ring like he's just not he's not blending in he really stands out so um i i really noticed that when he came out like he stood out so like he comes in and, and he and diesel like shake hands and um yep like like they have this agreement and everyone kind of gangs up on diesel and then sean kind of just comes in to help toss him so like just shows his true motives that uh you know he's in it for himself and Commentary even like mentioned how Sean came in to help with the with the takeouts. And Diesel's now gone. He has all these eliminations. He was on fire, but Diesel's out of there. Um, and you know what do you what do you follow that up with? Um, Mo Mo comes out. <laughs> so so I, Men on a Mission's over, and I think it's more Mabel, obviously, um, even probably and the Oscar. Ra- and the rapping. I, I mean, I think it's right. both. Right, and Oscar. So, yeah. like, I, Mo coming out, uh, it's kind of one of those read the room kind of things. Like, Diesel just had this crazy run. You eliminate Diesel, and then, oh, maybe, maybe they thought, okay, we can hide Mo here. And, and yeah. You know, he, he's in, and, and maybe we'll throw him in there. So I guess I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. It, but it was just so weird to see Mo come out next. And, well, if you, uh, if you, if you remember, remember how, like, when they announced the tag team, like, Mabel, or the Rumble participants, Mabel was announced, like, the first participant, and then Mo was, like, the last guy in. Yeah, So exactly. I, I think they're like, all right, this guy's a bum. I just don't think, th- I don't think they trust that Mabel will be a single guy yet, so they put him with Mo. But, yeah, and Mo still, I can't believe he's 27 here. It just makes right, no sense. Right. It makes no sense. Right. He, it's like an old grandpa, but, all right, sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, no, gotta, no. We got to rip on Mo. We got to rip on Mo. Right. And then, and then the next guy who looks just as old as Mo, um, is Greg Valentine comes out and, and he's cranked up. Like Valentine is like, like, I don't, I don't even think he stays with the company, but he's out here like working his ass off. And I'm a, I'm a pretty big Greg Valentine fan. Like I, I love, like he's a very bland kind of wrestler, like no knee pads, uh, you know, straight hair, like school bus driver hair that he has. Yep. And, like no facial hair. Now he's just a plain looking dude, but he's just a yeah. stiff ass kicker kind of guy. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I love. I would not. Valentine I would not Day fight him. Yeah, I would, exactly. I would not get in a fight with him. Exactly. So uh, I'll hand it over to you after seeing the, the double uh, AARP guys well, coming in the ring. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, interesting on 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 Mo and Greg Valentine. Why well, Greg Valentine's there? I think a couple of these guys are just there to fill some numbers. Mm-hmm. So we. Can, we get Tatanka and Max, uh, so the rings really start to fill up with this point, right? Like, we, we kinda got, uh, we got, uh, Diesel, or sorry, we got, yeah, Diesel eliminated, but, you know, after that, everyone's pretty much been around, so while for elimination, we get Tatanka out, and then we get, uh, the great Kabuki comes out, and this again, where Fuji is, or is just laughing about, uh, how great Fuji's night has been, this is the end of the great Fuji night, so, Great Kabuki comes out next. Cool timing of when they kind of put him there. So he texts Tatanka right away. And then 23 comes out. It's Lex Luger sprinting to the ring. Not like he was injured in the back. And absolutely (laughs) just demolishes the Great Kabuki. So a cool move there. Like, okay, Luger. I I don't like Luger running out. 
But I think like eliminating Kabuki like means kind of like show like okay, Fuji wasn't that smart. Like he obviously misthought this. But again, it would have been nice if Luger, when we get to Brett, would it sell his injury? Like I just think like Luger just running out doesn't get it. Luger gets a huge pop. The definitely with him and Tanaka got big pops. And at twenty four, we get Tenru. Um, so Tenru comes out again, goes right after Luger, and I know now into the Rumble they rip on him the most. He does it for like a minute fighting Luger, and then just walks away and never goes <laughs> yeah. again. He's terrible. Uh, yes. And so again, this is where like Fuji's night like falls apart. Like, I, I, like they kind of mentioned now at the Rumble, like it should have been Kabuki and Tenru. Let them both attack Luger, and the Luger tosses them out. Like versus this kind of like slow, methodical, whatever Tenru is supposed to be. Uh, kind of kills all the buzz. And then we get number 25, and they show the curtain, and no one shows up. So uh, Bret Hart looks like he's not going to be in the Rumble as, as they kind of they kind of sell it, especially Vince sells it, uh, which is probably a dead giveaway that it was not <laughs> Bret. But, uh, you know, kind of at that point, you know, the crowd's kind of, like, pissed off. And I think if you're there, you're probably, like, rooming around, like, oh, that's probably Bret. Right. And so a pretty cool idea. Uh, I don't know if they've done this yet. Oh, they did it with Savage, right? Uh, a few years ago where Savage no-showed, uh, with the Warrior. So I, I, I like this idea of just like the guy no-showing. So pretty cool idea there. But, uh, at the end, uh, they'll announce that was Bastion Booger. Right. Really, really said that it was like tummy hurt or something. So kind of silly. Yes. But, but, uh, it is what it is. It's a guy that didn't need to be in the Rumble, really. So. If you're going to skip anyone, you know, probably it's a good guy to go with. Right. And, well, it leaves the intrigue that it could have been Brent's spot. So yeah, uh, oh, I, I like that idea. Of, yeah, but of all people to skip, I think, like, Booger of all this list is probably the best one. Yeah, definitely. Maybe Or, Mo, or Mo. Mo, Mo. Yeah, Mo would be yeah. the yeah, yeah. other one, right? Like, you can't make, like, Valentine or someone that you've brought here just to wrestle with. Right, right. So, like... You can't do Valentine or you can't do like Sparky Pug, but I think I think Booger's a good one to to skip out. Again, yeah. Mo's probably better. <laughs> yeah. How they think about it? Yeah. So and then from there at twenty six, we get uh, Rick Martel coming out. So he he's really yamming it up, and he comes out, and, and when he comes out, the ring is like pretty full. So I love when I love when you get like a good like you know seven eight guys in the ring. Yep. Like it just it just adds to like the suspense of people getting thrown out and just makes you kind of focus on it more. Um, and, and then from there, Luger and Tatanka getting this like wild exchange too. So yeah, I love that, that it's not just strictly baby face versus heel. I love that. It's like baby face versus baby face, heel versus heel kind of thing. I love all the different dynamics. Um, and once they, you know, they start brawling, uh, Brett comes out next and he's like limping to the ring. It's like a massive ovation. Like, yes, yeah, the crowd is so, Hot for Brett coming out, and he's limping. He's selling. I love Brett, Brett Hart. The way he sells just gets me so invested in wrestling. Like, like Brett Hart is my favorite wrestler. Like Eddie Guerrero is right there too. Eddie Guerrero probably does more things better than Brett, but Brett's ability to get you emotionally involved with stuff like this is just yes. like second to none. Like his promos aren't the best, but he knows how to get you invested, and it's just. This right here, it's like, oh hell yeah, I want to see Brett win now. Like, yeah, he's coming out, he's fighting through it. Um, once he gets in, he does start to get worked over pretty good, which makes sense. Like, he's not gonna come in the house of fire. So, um, next comes Fatu at 28. So we're we're kind of nearing the end here. Um, he doesn't really do much until uh, Genetti comes out at 29. So it's good to see that he made it down from the yep from the, the rafters here. 
Yeah, so uh, he and Sean go fucking crazy when they get in. That's what I put in my notes. I love yeah. this. I love the I love the Martel Santana dynamic between these two. Yep. Um, I love that they're always keeping this continuity between these two. So that was awesome. Um, and then number thirty is Adam Bomb, which is a, which I thought was a very good spot for him. If Diesel wasn't in a company, so like Diesel just comes in and steals. Uh, you know, I I think. Like Adam Bomb, whatever they were gonna do with him, if anything, is yep. pretty much dead now with Diesel doing like what he just did in this rumble. Um, you know, big athletic looking guy, long hair, goatee, like it's it's the test triple H kind of thing, you know? Yep. Like like it it it's still cool to put him in at thirty though. Um once that happens, uh Brett tosses a sparky plug. And then Vince, like you said, mentioned that Booger didn't come out because his tummy was hurt, whatever. Yep. Um, they're doing pretty well with the action with the full ring here too. Like they're they're kind of keeping you invested. It's not just like a lot of guys laying around. And I think this moment, like once you look at this, this is like a really good snapshot of the new generation era as far as like the the guys and the characters involved. So, um, Martel uh, eliminates Valentine really sloppily. Like it looked like. It wasn't supposed to happen. Like, he even kind of reached for him a little bit. Um, okay. Not that Valentine... I didn't, see, that, I didn't notice that. Yeah, not, not, that, not that it really mattered. Like, Valentine wasn't going to win or anything, but it just looked uh, messed up. And then Tatanka eliminated Martel, and the, and the crowd is really starting to get pumped. Like, anytime Tatanka does anything, they're, they're so into him, and it's, it's, it's really good to see. Um, Luger ducks and then tosses Adam Bomb out, and then Fatu kicks out Mo, thankfully. Well, can I say on the Adam Bomb stuff, like, mm-hmm. one, Vince is over the top that Adam Bomb is going to win the Rumble when he comes out at 30 and he's going <laughs> right. to WrestleMania. is ridiculous. And then DiBiase is just, like, so pissed when Adam Bomb gets tossed. He's like, what a bum. <laughs> like, he literally right. is just like, what a waste to be number 30 and to come out that early. So I thought, I thought that's a great moment as well. Uh, exactly. And, like, you kind of mentioned, like, that kills Adam Bomb, and it kind of does. Like, he's – Diesel's the new guy. Like, get out of here. So Right. And then in another awesome moment, uh, Bigelow gets his revenge on them, the loss earlier and tosses yep. off the Taka. So great. Gives great Bigelow booking. his heat back. Yeah. And I love it. Like stuff like this, like it's just an elimination in the rumble, like, but it's, it means so much. So I love that. Um, then, uh, Bigelow does like this front flip into the ropes for some reason and Luger eliminates him. Um, Sean <laughs> ends up dumping Marty. So great, um, continuity there. Yeah. Uh, then Brett and Luger go after Tenru and knock him out. So we have a final four of Brett, Sean, Luger, and Fatu. So you always have like the one guy that doesn't, doesn't belong, which I think is also smart. Like if it's just the four best guys in the company, it's like, okay, this isn't real. Like, yeah, you know, how did we get here? So, um, Brett's still selling the knee really big. Uh, Luger, like, wrecks Fatu with a clothesline, too. Like, really, like, the, like he does the in, inside-out bump. And there's this great spot where Brett and Luger go to whip Fatu and Sean, like, into each other. But Sean, yep. like, leapfrogs Fatu, and they both get, like, this backdrop off, out to the outside simultaneously. So a great time spot, like, like to get down to Brett and Luger. Yeah. Um, and then they don't waste much time. They kind of just get into no. it. Like, they start brawling, and they do this, like, great, uh, double elimination. Brett obviously coordinated that with, uh, both their feet landing on the ground at the same time. Um, to me. Still tough like, to pull off. Oh, of course. And, and, and just, just the, the, the way the, the refs are like, you know, uncertain of who won. 
Um, like they just, you know, they announced Luger as the winner, then they announced Brett as the winner. Chunny comes down, and it's kind of like debate goes on as to who won. Uh, the crowd's definitely more behind Brett. You know, I've heard JT mention Providence is like a Brett town. I've heard other people mention like that whole kind of New England area is like Brett country. So yeah, um, double winners announced. They do shake hands to end the show, and I just got to say, like, I, I think this is the best show we've watched so far, hands down. Um, there's nothing on this show that I would skip at all. And I just think like it was such an easy watch and just like felt like a, like culmination of, you know, everything we've gotten to so far is like the real kicking off point here. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, great, great, great points on the whole, on the, on the rumble. I think, uh, th- it was right move. Like it kind of sucks. They don't fight. Brett and or uh yeah, Brett and Luger. But it's probably perfect, mm-hmm. right? Don't let the crowd get like they're trying to do it obviously figure out who they want to go with, get the crowd opinion. You know, they do the the, the hotline, right? I think they announced like, well you can call the hotline and find out more. Um so I I like that point. Um you know, they both kind of flip over uh the top rope perfectly. You know, it's both guys gotta do that. It's it's probably tough to do. They get the cameras in the perfect spot, so that's awesome as well. And then um, you know, after the match, it's pretty long. Of course, Tony comes down, gets booed, booed, booed to death for that, which is always my favorite of just Jack Tony or any, you know, any, commi- right. any, any commissioner just getting booed to death is, is, is amazing every time. But Tony gets right. booed to death. Um, and it, it, the segment's a little long, but I get what they're trying to do. Like, okay, let's, let's do the pure cheers. Let's do verse on music. Let's raise each guy's hand. You mm-hmm. know, like they're really trying to catch it. Like, okay, who's, who's it? So I, I get it. Um, DiBiase's like, why don't you just let him fight? Which is like, I'm sure Vince like punched him. Like, no, like the right. was to, like it was a great point. It's like, let's just let him fight. It's like, well, yeah, that's true. So uh, that probably would have been a better, you know, the real alternative. What you would have wanted to do, but um, right, yeah, obviously understand why they didn't do that. But it was just kind of funny when he was just like, let's let him fight. It's like, yeah, that's what you should do. Um, yeah, and Vince's yeah. like, no, we're trying to build suspense. Here, yeah, so idiots. Don't. Yeah, yeah, don't don't worry, he'll never be back again. Uh, right. and, uh, yeah, and then they also go off to, uh, like a promo package, which I love at the end of pay-per-views, like these, like, stills of the night, the highlights of the night, and then they, and then Vince is like, we got the final angle, here it is, and then, of course, it's a big tease to not see anything, so they, they kind of go off saying that we don't know who's gonna go to WrestleMania, and Jack Tony's gonna have to really think about what to do. So, fun end of the pay-per-view, like, like you mentioned, one of my favorites, favorite pay-per-views ever. I think the rumble in the middle has, uh, you know, after that savage, uh, doink bam bam thing, I think it does kind of slow down a little bit and kind of gets mm-hmm. like that cluster of guys in the ring. But then I think the last like three, five minutes of this, the rumble are really good with kind of all the quick eliminations, the Brett, the Brett Luger stuff, the, the, like you mentioned, Fatu and, um, and Sean moment. I think all that stuff's great the last couple of minutes. So. Fun rumble and yeah, there's there's very few parts of the whole show which are which we call boring, right? There's always something going right, on. Right. If anything, there's maybe just too many screwy finishes. We kind of had this complaint on WrestleMania uh, nine where like everything yes. was a, a fuck finish, but this one I think is a little bit cleaner, especially like a couple of the guys going over that you got Brendan Luger even though it was a tie, and you got Razor to win. So I think you kind of feel like a little bit more celebrated than like okay, a bunch of screwy finishes. So. Well, at least there were screw finishes that added to a continual story. Like, yeah, like Sean and Razor, like that adds to their story. Brett and Owen that adds to their story going forward. So at least it's something 
at least it's worth it, I guess you could say. Yep. Uh, should we go on to rewards or anything else we got to cover? No, no, we can go on to rewards. All right, let me uh, get my list. Where I put it? All right, we got uh, most new gen outfit. You, you were loving the outfits today, so I'm not sure who you. Got. Yeah, so th- there was there was the few here. I I actually really like Tatanka's like war paint look and and everything with that, but um, it's my guy. It's part of the night. Uh, it's part of the main story of the night. He won the rumble in this. I'm gonna go with Brett in that black with the pink and the and the paint splatter look. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, go to my on that one. I'm gonna go with my boy. Uh, spark, sparky plug. I love sparky oh, that, plugs. Me too. I love, I love I, sparky plugs. I hit, when, he changed, when he changed his name to Bob Howie, I was actually pissed. I was like, bring back Thurman yeah, Plug. And he, and he goes to that red, and it's not. Yeah, as, yeah I know. This look right now with like the neon, the, the Saved by the Bell look he has going on. Yeah, right. It. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like color patterns don't matter. It's Yeah, it's great. Right. Uh, most, right. most new gem performer. Uh, Diesel would be a good option here. I'm gonna go with Owen though. I, I really think Owen in the mixture of um showing that he could work in the ring and also the the mic work of building it and like like it just you take his side even though he's a heel like he's yep. not wrong. So I just this is a really big coming out party. I mean Diesel's a great answer too. A couple other guys um I could definitely see you going Yoko Taker whoever. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go Owen on this one. Uh, and then I, I went Diesel. I think I think Diesel just kind of like setting himself up, the mole and mm-hmm. everything. I think just all, all kind of works for him there. Uh, worst match or segment? This is kind of tough. This is very tough. So um, there wasn't <laughs> nothing was bad. I, so I'm I'm not gonna give it to any of the matches because I thought all the matches were solid. Uh, I guess I'll just say like. Um, either Moe's part in the Rumble or like, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll just go with Mo being in the just Rumble. Just go with Mo. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to say any of the matches were bad cause they weren't. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, go with that. I know a lot of people hate, I even listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. Like he's like, DiBiase didn't work. I thought he had a great night, but I'm going to put him for the first match that him and Vince's chemistry was terrible, but I think they, they switched it around cause there was nothing bad on here. The, you know, like yeah. you, get, you can fight the taker stuff, hokey stuff, but I enjoy that. You can't say it's not entertaining, uh, but that that's all I'll kind of give it to is like a little downgrade for him. Uh, the best match or segments? Ah, this is this is a lot. Uh, it's got to be the the Brett Owen like the the ending of that match into um, what comes out of it. I'm gonna have to go with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll have to go kick his leg out of his leg. I mean, that right. just that moment, the crowd pop, the DiBiase laugh, the like screaming at him, just all that's great. Leads to a great, you know, storyline for the next, you know, six months, right? They go strong for a while. And then if you think yeah. about it, it leads to what, you know, it, it, it leads to the 97 stuff with bringing the Hart Foundation back, or yeah, the Hart, the Hart Family Foundation back, right? Like that storyline needs to be there for that, like, night to work. Oh, you can argue with Sean Razor um, starting in this one, with Diesel starting his push in this one, with Brett and Owen starting their feud in this one. Like this is the this last, you know, everything. Like Diesel Razor coming out party, you kind of think like that eventually leads to the NWO. Like that, like yeah. this pay per view is so important um, 
historically, I don't think like it ever gets looked at like that that way. But just think of like the table this this whole show sets um, yeah. for the next four or five years in, in wrestling period. So um, yeah, just just great stuff top to bottom. All right, who got stock up? There's so many uh, good choices here. Ooh, uh, I gave Owen an award earlier, so this is where I'll go with Diesel. Um, you know, just yeah. a, a coming out party. Like they could have done this to anybody. They chose Diesel, um, and he he shined in it. Like, like like if you just look at Diesel's matches on Superstars and stuff like that, he didn't oh, really we, wow. We have like him at all, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm a I'm a big Kevin Nash fan personality wise. Just, I love listening to his podcast. He's one of my favorites, just um, as an overall kind of act or whatever. But, yep. you know, he wasn't doing anything to kind of move the needle. But and then he comes in here and just kind of just turns everything on his head. So I'm, I'm going to go with Nash. All right. I went with uh, Bret Hart. Not that he's been, like, struggling for a while, but this brings him up to the main event. Uh, when the Rumble brings him up to the main event picture, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much – Puts him at the level of Luger, and maybe you don't know it, but could be an even higher level of Luger. So I'll, I'll give it to him. I mean, Owen, we, I just voted for Owen, but I, you know that stock up is massive for him too. But I'll, I'll go with Brett here. Uh, anyone stock down besides Mo? I don't. I don't think so. Like I don't. Maybe Fuji because all of his plan, his plans in the Rumble failed, but not really. Even he still did a good job with getting Yoko to retain his belt. Yeah. So, uh. I can't. No, I, 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 I'm just gonna have to go with like a default mo, I guess. Yeah, I, one. I'm gonna go for the Aaron George special of Tenru just to. Uh, oh, make, nice. I had no. He, he had no stock with me before, but <laughs> he was so bad in this rumble and them. I love Tenru, so I, I couldn't. I, I love Tenru in general, so I couldn't do that. Yeah, but he, he was yeah. worthless. He was worthless. No, no, guys. I get it. I, I definitely get it. Yeah. All right. So awesome rumble. Uh, we come back next time with two, two Raws and two superstars, uh, starting the build to WrestleMania. I know for the Raws, they, at superstars, they start announcing what's going to happen with the double winner. So we'll kind of mm-hmm. get really into that WrestleMania bit build pretty quickly because it's early March. So we, we got like a month right. and a couple weeks. So we'll get moving along, uh, get to WrestleMania before the summer. So can't wait for this like uh, three month stretch to get to one of our, my favorite pay-per-views of all time uh, at WrestleMania 10. Yep. Same here. Like this whole stretch, I'm just going to be looking forward to everything. Uh is one of my favorite manias as well. King of the Rings is going to be fun. SummerSlam is going to be really fun. Like just everything from yep. here on out. I just, I just want to see how the, how the build works with everything. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely pumped for everything going forward. Yep, really excited. So we'll see you in two weeks, and uh, thanks for everyone for all the feedback, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Yeah.